God bless you, Lady India. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you, all the people of God that are watching us live or on demand. I uh, just want to just welcome you to our service. And I'm so excited to share the word with you on this morning. Uh, and so Lord, let's start out with prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this word that's about to go forth. We thank you for, Lord God, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a keen discernment that's hung to learn and activation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord, for everything that you will speak to our hearts to empower us. And Lord God, give us strategy and downloads, Lord God, that we will be able to provide solutions to the world, Lord God, and, and provide you to the world in all your glory. And so we just thank you and praise you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So excited to share. And so today we're going to uh, talk to you about enduring faith that pleases God. Enduring faith that pleases God. And so uh, in looking at that enduring faith, we, we understand the fact that, you know, in the times that we're living in, not just uh, with the uh, pandemic, now we're, we're beyond that. We're starting to move beyond that, even though, you know, there's some residual uh, effects of that still here. Uh, but we're starting to move beyond that to the point to where now we're encountering uh, a new financial uh, situation uh, globally. And then in, in some parts of the world, they're dealing with war, you know. And so the believers in, in whatever part are being affected by adverse circumstances need to understand that they don't have to lose hope. They don't have to lose uh, or stop trusting in God. Uh, but they can have an enduring faith that enables them to continue to please God. Because as one of the scriptures that we'll read where it says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let's get up into the scripture. And so in Hebrews 10 verse 34 says, for you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. And then the next verse of scripture says, says, therefore do not throw away, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. And then the next verse of scripture, uh, it says that for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised and then this is a very good one it says for yet a little while and the coming one will come and not delay the coming one will come and will not delay and then says but my righteous one that's you talking about you says but my righteous one shall live by faith and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so let's go to Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6 says, says what? Says that, but now without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God for the one who draws near to him, and Amplify, it, it adds and says, who not only draws near to him, but walks with God. 
all right, must believe that he exists, talking about God, and that God is a rewarder to those who seek him. He's a rewarder to those who seek him. And so in, in looking at the scripture, we see where uh, the writer of the Hebrews uh, is, and, and again, the title is Enduring Faith That Pleases God. Enduring Faith That Pleases God. And so the writer of the Hebrews is talking to believers who, uh, to the Jewish Christians, all right? These were Jewish believers in the Messiah. He's talking to them. Uh, and he's encouraging them because now they're not, they're not, you know, following uh, their, the, the religion that they were brought up in. They're not, they're not following, they're not just, you know, just Jews, but they're now Jewish believers in the Messiah. And because of that, that set them apart in their society to where they now were the targets of persecution. They were now the targets of persecution. And so, we, we look at that and, and we think about James's words in the first chapter of James. We think about James's words to the believers, to also Jewish believers, where he says, count it all joy when you find yourselves in diverse or different various kinds of trials or tests or tribulations. All right. And so they're having their stuff taken away from them. There's some of them that have thrown in prison. They're beaten. They're they're acute, they're falsely accused by the the establishment, okay, and and they're falsely accused by the establishment, and because Rome at that time, who Rome governed a majority of the world, because Rome uh, didn't want any civil disobedience or unrest, civil unrest, what they would normally do is they would actually just comply with the demands of the Jewish establishment. All right. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, you know, all those that that were in denial of the Messiah's appearance and his ministry and life here on earth. All they they saw him. They witnessed the miracles. They witnessed the deliverances. They witnessed him feed the 5000. They they witnessed all these miracles, all these the works of Jesus, but they were still and this is many years later where they they're now tell you know their children you know they they could have told their children what Jesus did and there were some that did which is why you have those Jewish believers in the Messiah all right because they saw his works but then they didn't so they persecuted the ones that were believing in him and if you read the book of acts you see where there's a lot of that you know where there was a lot of that even Paul Paul was one of the he was one who consented he was he consented at the stoning of G, of of Stephen you know where he held the coats of the people that were stoning Stephen and so we we need to understand that even in the days that we're living in with the different things that we're going through and and even the things that you're going through personally okay the things that you're going through personally i i love the fact that in the scripture in the scripture, Paul says this. He says, for you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully, you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. You joy. How can you go through something and still be joyful? 
It's because you realize it says this that they they the reality of their eternal possession, the reality of the fact that they may have a home, but that home is not the end, is not is it's not the summation of the blessings of God. No, there there was an eternal, an eternal possession or eternal expectation that they held and treasured in our hearts, which is why they could say, you could take away everything that I have, but you can't take away everything that I have. And so they joyfully accepted. They said, go ahead, take it. You, you want, you want to, you want to take my, you want to take my clothes, go ahead and take my clothes. You want to take my food, go ahead and take my food. Go ahead, just take it. Because I got something better where I'm going even if you take my life. And see, that's the thing. Uh, the modern day, most modern day believers are not willing to die. They're not willing to lay their, to, to lose their lives for the sake of the gospel. But these believers in, in Hebrews 10, they were, they joy, it says they joyfully accepted persecution. They joyfully accepted it. And, but when you have faith in God, here's the thing. The, when you have faith in God, then you will understand that, one, because faith is necessary to please God, I have to now be understand that God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. So even if they take away all my physical, my material things, God will still reward me for wholeheartedly seeking him, for wholeheartedly trusting in him. He won't just leave me out there alone, but God will support me. So when you're going through all hell, and the when you when it seems like you're going through all hell, right? Just realize and understand that heaven, that heaven and, and all the resource of heaven is backing you. So hell can try to take you out, but hell can get, it can't, it can't, it can't. It can only get but so far. And heaven will display the glory of God. And so I think about in, in the book, there's a book called Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs. And in that book, it talks about the persecution in the earlier chapters. A lot of it, it, it talks about the, the persecution of the believers in, in the biblical uh, times of Acts, right? And and the believers, how when they would try to kill them, they would try to burn them. They would try to burn them and they wouldn't burn. They would, they would try, they would try to throw them off of buildings and they wouldn't die. They would try to smother. They, they, there was, there was just a supernatural protection about them. They, they, it, it's just, it reminds me of even in the book of Daniel because now we understand our persecution is not new. Prob, trouble is not new. Jesus even told us in John sixteen thirty three that in the world you would have trials and tribulations. He says, what? But be of good cheer. Be joyful. Why? Because you realize that I set the example of what it is 
to be victorious over death. I'm, I've shown you an example of what it means to continue to trust God even in the midst of trouble. Even in the midst of trouble. So you can be of good cheer. I've stripped it of its power to harm you, to destroy you. And so you can you can destroy my body, but you can't destroy the eternal part of me, which is my spirit. And, and these believers had this hope, and we need to learn how to have that hope. And so when we understand that, then we understand that faith doesn't deny trouble exists. Faith doesn't deny trouble exists, but it denies it. It denies trouble the power to control your outcomes. So faith is not a denial of trouble. It's not a denial of your sickness. It's not a denial of it's not a denial of of your grief. It's not a denial of your stress. But it does deny that situation from determining your ultimate outcome. By faith, you can control your outcomes. By faith, you can control your outcomes. And see, when we understand this, when we understand the fact that we don't have to let trouble define us, you don't have to let your struggle define you. But when you trust God and you hold on to his promises, all right? When you hold on to his promises and you understand that I'm living, I'm living from, I'm living from a place of trust. I'm living from a place of confidence in God. I'm living from a place that says that I am identifying with the ability of God to actually display the glory of God in the earth, in my situation. All right. So this is not the end. This is this is not the final outcome. But I'm going to trust God. I'm going to hold on to God. I I'm going to I am going to show the world that I am so convinced of God's truth of the absolute truth of the word of God to where I am not going to allow anything to shake me, which is why Jesus talked about he talked about the the, uh, the 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 building a house on a rock, right? He he talked about building a house on a rock because it's important for us to build our lives on the truth of His Word, not on opinions, not on opinions, not on man-made opinions. But I build my life on the Word of God. I take my exam, I take my cues from His Word. When I'm going through something, I take my cues from his word because if I allow that pressure to, to overwhelm me to the point to where I stop trusting in God. That's why he said, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence, okay? He says, don't throw it all away. All the gains you've made, you think about even... It, for a person that's going through a a, a, a a physical training routine, right? And they they have what's called gains, right? Whether it's it's the loss of fat or 
the increase of stamina, but there's some there's something that you gain from from working out. All right. But then if you throw if you stop, if you stop working out, if you stop that physical regimen and you begin to go back into old patterns and behaviors, you lose those gains. I remember I had a, a personal trainer and a personal tra- when I was working with the personal trainer and following her regimen, I actually saw some gains, you know, but then a little while after I stopped following the regimen because I thought, okay, enough, right? I started to see all of a sudden I lost those gains. I lost the, I lost, I saw, you know, some definition in my abs. And when I stopped working out, I lost those gains. And so even as a believer, as when, it, it, when as you trust God, God will give you some gains. He will he will show you in your life. God will give you some gains. And but when you throw away your confidence and you stop consistently trusting God when you're going through something because it's it feels like it's too much for you, then you have to be careful because if you throw away your confidence, you stop trusting in God, stop relying on God to dictate your final outcome. And you think that it all hope is lost. When you lose hope, then you are caught. You're possibly going to lose some gains. You're going to lose some gains. And for some of you, the gain that you had was your peace. For some of you, the gain that you had was the wholeness from your trauma. For some of you, the the gain that you had was, was just... Provision. It was the opportunity that to to live above, to to have quality of life that was improved. Because, like I said, faith doesn't deny trouble exists. Jesus didn't even deny trouble exists. He didn't say once you get saved, you'll never ever have trouble again. He didn't say that. Because trouble still exists. But trouble doesn't define me. My trouble doesn't define me. And so I can trouble my trouble. And so we need to understand that when we are, when we are believing God, that uh, here's another thing. When we're believing God, you have to have your eyes on the joy that is set in front of you. You have to have your eyes on the on joy that is set in front of you. And, and so... Scripture that illustrates that is Hebrews 10, Hebrews 12, 2. All right. Hebrews 12, 2 says what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was that lay before him endured, endured the cross, despised the shame and has sat down at God's at the right hand of God's throne. All right. He kept his eyes. And so I th- when I look at this, it brings to my mind when I was running in tr- when I was running track in high school. And see, when I first started running track, you you one you want to make sure that you don't lose balance, right? Because you're you're not you're not used to it. So I used to look at my feet to, to make sure I'm looking at the ground, trying to make sure I don't lose balance. 
But when I was doing that, it was affecting my endurance. It was affecting my endurance. So my coach actually told me during uh, practice one day, he says, keep your head up and keep your eyes straight ahead. Don't look down. Don't look up. Don't look over to the side. He says, keep your eyes straight ahead. All right. And, and so as I began to run, keeping my eyes straight ahead, all of a sudden I found myself having increased endurance to the point to where I ran, I ran 30, uh, 3,200 meters, which is eight times around. I ran 3,200, eight times around a 400 meter track. I, I ran 3,200 meters and, and without any trouble when I tried to do a 1,600 and I lost steam around 800 meters, that second lap. But this time, because I learned how to actually keep myself focused, keep my eyes focused on the goal, okay? Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the goal. Jesus is the goal. Keep your eyes on the goal, all right? And, and so when I keep myself focused, then I am not looking to the right, to the left, okay? Even when uh, Joshua... In the, in the book of Joshua, when Joshua was given the charge in leading God's people, God told him, said, don't look to the right or to the left. Even when Moses was, was given the uh, children of Israel uh, the, the list of blessings and curses, in the list of blessings, he tells them in an obedience, don't look to the right or to the left. And so we have to understand that when we begin to get distracted, Distractions will affect your ability to stay. Distractions will affect your ability to stay. And so you may have been very consistent at one time, very consistent. You pray like you were supposed to. You, 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 if God led you on fast, you fasted like you were supposed to. You read the word, you studied the scriptures on a consistent basis. But then somewhere along the way, you got distracted. You stopped those disciplines. You stopped those disciplines because you thought, oh, I, I, don't, need, I don't need to do all of that anymore. No, you still, because the word, our, our disciplines of prayer and fasting and, and study of the word help us to stay in tune, connection to God's heart, to his mind. And and understand and, and keep mindful of his plan for us. But when you stop, it's possible for you to forget. It's just like if I were to ask many of you, you know, if, if those of you that had high school Spanish or high school French, you know, you took a foreign language in high school, and you may not have used it since high school, and it could have been many years from now, right? If I were to ask you to say something to me in that language beyond the elementary things, would you be able to do it? No, you most likely not. Not unless you continue to do it throughout your the rest of your life. Because you forgot. If I asked you about the, the verb conjugations and all that stuff, you, you probably wouldn't. I can't tell you, I, honestly. I can't tell you anything from high school Spanish. 
because it's been years since I've actually studied it, since I've actually studied Spanish. So I forgot. And so the same thing comes with the word of God, which is why even in God's command, in Jesus' command to, to, to stay, abide in his word, right? It's to help us because he knows that if we try to go all, if we try to just, you know, just go, just go without reading, he knows that we're, we're liable to forget. And so we have to constantly keep the word in front of us, okay? We have to constantly keep the word in front of us so that we don't forget what he said. Like when, when uh, the psalmist writes, thy word have I hid in my heart. How am I hiding the word in my heart? Because I am daily studying the word. I'm daily feasting on the word. In Deuteronomy 8, what did it say? Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word. Even Jesus said, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. So you don't eat one time and that's it, okay? You didn't eat five years ago and now you never have to eat again. No, you eat daily. And so the same way we eat physical food daily, in order to keep our eyes on Jesus, we need to feast on the word daily. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right? And so the word will program us to live according to God's standards. And so we, so we read that. And then here's the next point. The next point is this. To change your world, to change your world, you have to change your words. To change your world, you have to change your words. And scriptures that back me up, Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, and Mark 11, 22 to 24. Now, if you, if you complain, right, you know some complainers, right? Because you're not one. No, nah, no, nah, you, you don't complain. You, you always speak according to God's promises. But for the complainers that you do know, right, those people, do you see their lives getting harder the more they complain? Or is it getting easier? Think about yourself. When you complain, does it make your situation easier or does it feel like it's getting harder i know for me if i complain about a situation it gets a little harder because in order to change your world you have to change your words because your words come from inside of you jesus said it's not what goes into a man that defiles them but it's what comes out okay because in the heart it is your true self inside you in in here is your true self and so your words come from inside of you and so that means that if you want to 
speak in line with God's word, then you have to eat God's word. God's word has to be inside of you. Flush that other stuff out. And when situations happen that are not to your desire, then you have to begin to speak the word. Speak the word. And so in Proverbs uh, 18, Proverbs 18, verse 20 to 21 says what? A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. He will be satisfied with the consequence of his words, with the consequence of his words. And then here's, because we hear 21, but we don't normally hear 20. All right, but they, they tie hand in hand. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it and indulge it who indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words so in order to change your world you have to change your words and then in mark 11 mark 11 Verse 22 to 24, Jesus says, have faith in God. He says, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe, there's faith, Believe that what you say will come to pass. It will be done for you. So when you complain, you believe that your complaints will come to pass. And guess what? It is done for you. And so on the flip side of that, if I believe that what I say, according to God's word, will come to pass, it will be done for me. All right? And so... So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. There's a different way to enter into prayer. It is not from a position of uncertainty, but it is from a position of confidence because that confidence comes from the word of God. So when I pray, I don't pray like I'm rolling the dice. But I know what I am speaking and I know what I am believing for because what I'm speaking and what I'm believing for is based on the word of God. It's not based on my thoughts, but it's based on the word of God, all right? And so he says that, so I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it and it will, it will be yours. The world has latched on to that principle, all right? That the world has launched into that principle. They latched on to that principle and they pervert it by taking away the glory from God. So they say, 
I'm going to speak to the universe and manifest. And now they're using the word, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting my my confession, my decrees, my 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 uh I'm manifesting my my confessions, my mantras. You know, they they say that. And so they've latched on to it, which means that if they latched on to it, evidently there's value in it. There's value in it, but God said it first. And he's given the true way of doing it. All right. He's given us the true way of doing it to where we're not speaking to the universe. We're not just manifesting. But we're speaking our faith in God. We're, we're proclaiming our trust in God and his promises. And so there's enough promises in the word of God to where you don't have to make nothing up. And so like, even when you look at in uh, 2 Corinthians, talks about us being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so your, your confession would be, I am the righteousness of God. When you feel unworthy, when you feel, when you feel uh, uh, less than, no, remember who you are. I am the righteousness of God. So when I say I am the righteousness of God, then I am I I am connecting with the identity of God in his word, which is righteousness. I am the righteousness of God. And then in Philippians, I I you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So I can do all things. So now I am identifying with the ability of God. So I am and I can tie us to the identity of God and the ability of God. And so enduring faith re realizes that this is no longer a human flesh and blood thing now. Now I have to get into the spirit. I have to partner with God's spirit, with the Holy Spirit, all right? And I now have to receive the identity of God and the ability of God, and I have to identify with the promises of God in order to determine or in order to turn the outcome in my favor. And when we do that, God is happy. When we do that, God is happy because he's saying, my children are getting it. They're getting it. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the father saying, dad, dad, they, they got it. They finally got what I was, I was trying to get them to get all along. They're understanding the kingdom is in them. They're, they're manifesting the kingdom. They got it. And when we do that, then we are in our rightful position with Jesus at the right hand of God. And so you can, 
you can see breakthrough in your life today. You can see breakthrough in your life this week. That situation that seems hopeless, when you go to the word, you got hope. Now you can see breakthrough. And guess what? I want to I want to I want to partner. I want to hear what God is doing. And so I want you to go into our YLM Faith Builder huddle as God starts to give you breakthrough and turn those situations around as you begin to put this into practice. I want to hear what God is doing. I want to I want to be able to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate your wins. Because when you win, we all win. Because even if the win is yours now, because I'm seeing your testimony and I'm connecting my faith to the testimony, I'm next. I'm next. You need to say, when my brother and my sister get breakthrough, I'm next. I'm next. I'm, I'm happy for them. I celebrate what God is doing in their life, but I'm next. I'm next. Trouble is not going to last. Mm -mm. Trouble is not going to win. Define. It's not going to define me. I'm next for a breakthrough. I'm next for a miracle. I'm next. Because I have enduring faith that pleases God. Lord God, we just thank you right now for what you're doing in the lives of your people. We thank you, Lord God, for just this word to encourage, to empower them, to let them know what is possible when they trust you. And that your people, Lord God, no matter what they're going through right now, that they don't throw away their confidence. They don't throw away their faith in you, but they begin to put it all on you, God. Because it's you that is at work in us. It is you, God that will bring about the results. We just have to agree with you. And so God, we just thank you, Lord, for just reminding us of who we are, reminding us of what we can have, what we can do when we trust you, reminding us that we are destined for breakthrough, that we're destined for victory. We just thank you right now, God, and we praise you for everything that you're doing. And God, even that person, right now that may not know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord God, we thank you that even right now, they're saying, God, I surrender to you. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to be a person that has enduring faith that pleases you, God. Thank you for this work of transformation that you're doing it in their hearts, in their minds, in their spirits, God. Thank you for redeeming the time. Thank you, God, for healing them, for making them whole. Thank you, God, for my new brother, my new sister and the family of God. And we just glorify you. We just honor you, God, for your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
I thank you so much. And I encourage you again, as God begins to work in your life, as God begins to just display his power, his glory, his goodness in your life, share with us on a YLM Faith Builder Huddle. We want to hear what God is doing and we want to celebrate again. We want to celebrate your wins. Don't keep it to yourself because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. And so be blessed and refreshed in the Lord. Lady India is back in your hands. Partner with YLM Financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. GIVELIFY. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click Donate. Cash App. Dollar sign Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries. P.O. Box 425. Union, New Jersey, 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. Every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m., join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. And the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Talbert, Apostle Mamie S. Talbert, Lead Pastor Steve Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family. Thank you for joining us and welcome home.